Welcome to The Grit. As always, I'm your host, Digit Murphy, and we have a special guest today. I think I always say that we have a special guest, but I think kind of everyone is special. Um, our incredible guest today is the founder, owner, and director of coaching for the New York Gridlock, which is the first women's, inclusive of all women and non-binary people, pro ultimate frisbee team in the New York area. We are so excited to welcome Eileen Murray. Eileen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I I'm 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 really intrigued, okay, with your I mean I have to just say it right off the bat. Your new term women's with an X, W-O-M-X-N-S, and it has to do with non-binary and all that. I got to have you explain that right off the bat. Yeah. So this is something I've been learning about over the past year and working to embrace myself. So I'm going to do my best to explain it. So when we had the, the, since the inception of the league, we decided that we wanted to be an inclusive environment for people who don't normally have the spotlight in Ultimate Frisbee. So the history of Ultimate Frisbee, it started out with men. The women's division came a little bit later. Eventually, we had a mixed division, which was men and women. But then as society changed and people started to grow and develop and be a little bit more open, we started to have more non-binary athletes start to come into the fray. And you know, there really isn't a space for them currently in our professional sports environment even in other environments, even in the club environment, it's very um, binary in terms of where your opportunities to play are. And so we made an intentional uh, decision as a league and as a team to open up that space to provide an avenue for non-binary players to be able to experience professional sports. I'll tell you, for someone that, you know, doesn't know if they're going to explain it right, I understood it perfectly. So congratulations for explaining it to someone from a baby boomer generation because I'm freaking old right now. (laughs) I don't think you're that much older okay. than me. Well, so. <laughs> I, I just, I'm fascinated by it because um, I'll tell you right off the bat, I've been watching, um, I've been watching, listening to another podcast called Seen on Radio. And it's, there's, it's really, really a cool podcast. So uh, anyone that is listening to this one, you should get that one. S-C-E-N-E on radio. Uh, really, really smart, smart folks out of um uh, the Center for Documentary Studies, I believe, in Durham, North Carolina at uh, UNC. Anyways, they talk about the whole binary and non-binary, and I never even knew that it existed in my very small, I guess, the way I identify, I don't even, I don't, I can't remember the term. But anyways, it's it's fascinating to me because um, it talks about men being one way, women being the other way and kind of crossing over characteristics. And I'm so excited that sport has accepted that. So congratulations on Frisbee for doing that. It's, it's very exciting. I mean, we are trying really hard to recruit players. Also, there are non-binary players that play in spaces now and, and our national governing body has accepted that this is happening. So we are moving in a positive direction, but I see it impacting women's sports in really interesting ways that I don't see it impacting men's sports. And so I also think that is a pretty fascinating um, aspect to it. Yeah, because, you know, I think um, probably when you think about sports, it's, you know, more in that kind of masculine mindset, which I think is wrong. I don't think that there's a masculine mindset for sport. I think we just haven't evolved yet um, in women's sports, right? I mean, we haven't done, and and that's kind of, I think, why 
um, Julie called me at United Women Sports is because we believe at United Women Sports that we haven't evolved yet as women's sports and that there's a space for us somewhere out there that we haven't, that has not existed yet. So um, I think that Frisbee's on the forefront front of that conversation. And again, I just want to congratulate a woman's sport like Frisbee or a sport like Frisbee that has that uh, growth mindset. So um, I think it's a tribute to the people involved. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, so um, in an article in the New York Times, you said that uh, people started to realize that American Ultimate Disc League you know, which is apparently Frisbee, was um, really perpetuating a particular view of ultimate Frisbee. Can you give us a quick overview of how the New York gridlock came to be and, um, you know, why this is necessary as a response to the AUDL? Sure. So around, I believe it was eight years ago, a group of men got together and decided that they wanted to push ultimate Frisbee into the professional space. And so they were because it was a group of men, they were deciding to create it based on their view of Ultimate Frisbee. And so it started as a men's league. They, at that point, had said anyone could try out, but it was very clearly a men's league. 95% of the athletes that were coming out and people involved were men. And so this happened and people in the Ultimate Frisbee community were pretty excited, at least some of them were, because it was just another avenue, another aspect of Frisbee, another way people could we could promote our sport and, and help grow it. And people, I think, were under the assumption that eventually a women's league would come. It became very clear after a couple of years that this was not the direction that this particular league was going to go to. And what also became very clear is that because of the success the AUDL had at marketing themselves, there was a lot of media being put out there over the Internet in particular that people were seeing and then were associating the sport of ultimate Frisbee with this media that they were seeing. Mm -hmm. And in that media, they were highlighting male athletes because those were really the only athletes that were in the league. On top of that, ultimate Frisbee has historically been a self um, refereed sport. And the AUDL decided to use referees because they were trying to model a more traditional professional sports model. And they believed that the only way to become successful is they looked more like traditional professional sports with referees. Mm -hmm. So there was a, you know, there was a riff in the community around that because part of being a self-refereed sport is really attending to what we call spirit of the game and abiding by the rules. And anyone who's been in kids sports, you know, like I talked to my husband who played ice hockey and soccer in high school, and he was basically coached to cheat. If the ref doesn't see you, cheat to you win. go ahead and do it. Cheat yeah, to win. Cheat to, cheat win. to win. Cheat to win. And yeah. And so ultimate Frisbee was different. And so people got concerned that because the media was so prevalent and they were so successful at their marketing, that the youth community and the international community started to associate ultimate Frisbee with that brand of ultimate, the referee ultimate, where the spirit of the game was not um, forefront. It wasn't, it wasn't highlighted. And so, and, and because it was men, then women in the sport started to get concerned that if, you know, young girls uh, would not see themselves yep. as being able to attain that level of success. And so a couple of years ago, a group of athletes got together and they decided to put more pressure on the ADL to open up their model and they decided to do a boycott. And so a, a number of athletes, a couple hundred athletes signed a boycott. They said they weren't going to consume any of the media products for the ADL. And the conversation started. And then another group of a subgroup of those players decided, well, then we should just take action. And so 
um, two years ago, a group of cities decided to form their own professional teams. And what made them professional was that they, the athletes were going to get paid for participation and they put on some exhibition games. So Atlanta, Indianapolis, uh, I think uh, Nashville was one of them, Raleigh, so, some cities around the country, and they had some exhibition games. Based on that, and one of my dear friends, Angela Lynn, who was working with the Atlanta team, we had some conversation. At that moment in time, I'm coaching in the men's league and feeling a little bit uncomfortable um, in terms of the support or not support that I'm feeling from the athletes and my ownership. It was a difficult struggle to um, feel like the athletes were respecting me in ways like I didn't have automatic legitimacy. Uh, I was, I, I was coaching in the men's league. Um, I, there was actually two men's league for a while. So I started in the MLU and I moved into the AUDL. I coached in the men's leagues for four years. What year? Um, what was my first year? Uh, 2014 to 18, maybe, maybe those were the years I coached. I find it, I find it very like (laughs) the whole Frisbee and don't take this the wrong way. It's confusing to me, right? Because it's yeah. like has all these different kind of rules and, you know, I, I think that it's uh, it's evolving. So like, what do you think it's going to take to make it mainstream? Like, and I, and I, and I see why they tried to make it more, um, if you will, uh, traditional, which I don't actually think that that's the right way to go with Frisbee, because for me, I like think of Frisbee as very hippie and free flow and don't take it. I mean, I'm just, just being honest here. Okay. As someone that like never yeah. cared or yeah. never watched Frisbee before, like, I kind of think you should own it. Right. And I'm really, I like that spirit of the game kind of, um, mindset that you, they, that the men took away that. So talk more about that. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so, so, you know, the, we decided, uh, you know, the, these women decided like we're going to do this. And so last year they said, we're going to make a league. Like, it's not going to be these exhibition games. We're going to make a league. And, you know, I said, well, then I'm just going to do it. I'm not super happy coaching in the men's leagues. So I'm going to make it happen here in New York. And I called Julie, who I've been friends with for decades. And I was like, let's do this. And she said, yes. And so that's really how it started. And then it was really just Julie and I, reaching out and making it happen. I mean, it just, we just, it was just like brute force making it happen. But, you know, but part of it is keeping that spirit of the game. And so it was very intentional to say, this is, this is a new brand of, of professional sports. We don't want to erase this, what you like, as you pointed out, this really unique aspect of it that we think speaks to people because it's no longer win at all costs. It's how do you become the best athlete and the most competitive athlete you can be while abiding by this rule set and respecting your opponent in ways that you don't always see? And I personally think that illustrates a higher level of athleticism when you can do that. I, I agree. And I think, can you teach this lesson to our politicians in Washington right now? Oh, please. I can't even. I right, know. Let's, not, let's, not, let's not go there. No, but, you know, and I, I talk a lot about this uh, in every speech I do or, you know, whenever I can on how sports really was not invented to be this massive business. You know, it was invented back in the day. Uh, you know, a bunch of guys going out, beating the crap out of each other in a game and drinking beer. Like that's what sport was for. It's that's why they call it sportsmanship, you know? Um, 
you know, and I, and I kind of believe as a, as a pioneer in women's sports, we have the opportunity now to do it better than, than men's sports and where they've gone in the path. And I think we need to embrace that. And I, I don't think that enough women see that as an option because it's not what we grew up with. So, you know, talk a little bit about your experience or what your views are on kind of that statement. It's really, so yes, that's really interesting because we are super intentionally trying to make sure that we are a different model and we are showcasing what we think is a better product for viewership. That being said, we're, we're not after pro, uh, profits. We're not thinking that anyone's going to become a millionaire from this because that's not the point. The point is to really show people, especially young girls and, you know, maybe you know, non-binary people that there is an option for them to participate in you know, sports is such an important part. It's always been a really important part of my life. I've always played sports. You know, I was on the boys' soccer team, I mean, um, baseball team. When I was in elementary school in fifth grade, I wanted to play flag football. The town told me that no girls could play on flag football. And so my mom took me to town council and we had that rule changed. Love it. So like my whole life, I know it was awesome. So me and two of my friends played football. And it's one of my favorite stories my dad says because I was super speedy. Yep. And he said, as long as I, you know, like some, I would be on the other side of the field and some little kid would get the foot, the football and I would run around everybody and catch up to that kid. Well, you know, so it was like a source of pride for him that his daughter's doing But Thank this. God for your mother. Right. I mean, I you, it wasn't your dad that dragged you. It was your mother. And, you know, it, it, it really takes strong women to make strong women. And, you know, I hope anyone that's listening out there uh, is empowered by, by your story. You know, and, and you just you just said something that I I just got a I got a harp on, because I think that uh, you know you said that you're not thinking about the frisbee world as a profit world, and I just got to stop you there because I think I think that's a mistake. Here's why: because there should be a way to add value to what we bring to the table as women in a different way as men do, because if we don't think about it from a monetization standpoint for the athletes, for ourselves, then, you know, you're going to play for the love of the game, but you may not play as long. And I think the kids, the fan base lose out on that. So I'm trying to have women in general in sport shift their mindset around what do you bring into the table? How are you valuing yourself? And we need to demand from our partners and sponsors and everyone that's along for the ride and for people to now start to value us by monetizing. What do you think of that? Right. <laughs> well, so that that so I guess I guess what I want to say is my ultimate vision is that we could have a team, an ultimate frisbee team here in New York, where that is people's jobs. Yes right? Where, where they don't have to work anywhere else that they're paying to train and play ultimate Frisbee. But I, I, what I'm saying is that myself as an owner, I don't want to make extra money off the backs of my athletes. I want whatever money I make to go back into the program, to go back into outreach, to enrich the community and my athletes. And so, so you're rich, like, so yes, yeah, like like so, you know, my riches are not monetary monetarily based. My riches are based on like, am I providing these opportunities? Are my athletes able to do this as a full time job? Uh, and and are we bringing the next generation of players up? You know, from in a grassroots way. Well, good for you. I want you to start funding United Women Sports. Then let's go. 
Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, no, but yeah, so no, I mean, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, um, you know, that there are a, a boatload of women out there that have the means to do that for the athletes. And um, I believe that it's our obligation as future leaders and visionaries in the space to find them and do it in a for women by women format. And I think that's what a lot of the athletes these days and other traditional sports are missing. I think they want the WNBA wants the NBA to take care of them, or they did at one point. I don't know if that's still true. I know that the hockey players, you know, for the last couple of years have been looking for the NHL uh, to pick them up. And I don't know how, how you feel about it, but I feel like whenever you're taken under the wing of big brother or, you know, it, it just, you can't stand alone. So talk about that and what your mindset is would be around that concept. Well, I agree. I, I would really like to see this remain majority women and non-binary um, people driven in terms of who you see on the field, who you see in the leadership positions, the ownership positions, things like that. I think it's really important, but I also don't know if we're in a position right now for it to be a hundred percent women and non-binary players. I think we do need to have allies in other demographics in order to be successful, but I am wary of allowing particular groups of people to have too much of a voice in the decision-making because it's hard for some people to see the future and the future being you know, non-binary people playing side by side with, you know, women, uh, uh, women identifying people on the field um, and, you know, people really embracing spirit of the game as a professional sport. One of the things that we did, which uh, an idea I had for a rule set was I personally think buzzer beaters in ultimate Frisbee are terrible. This is my opinion. I don't know what that is. So, you know, the time ends and the Frisbee has to be out of your hand or, you know, that's the last play, right? So it's like, you know, like in basketball or in football, like time runs out, game's over, right? And what, what happens there, what I noticed was happening in the men's league is that people were just making these plays that were super dangerous. They weren't actually showcasing what ultimate Frisbee is because ultimate Frisbee isn't just a huck and hope, like just throw it really far and hope someone catches it type right. of game. You know, there's there's strategy and there's nuance and there's beauty and me, me being able to move the frisbee around the field and connect with my teammates in a passing game, and so I advocated for a rule change where instead of the time runs out and game's over, the time runs out and you finish your possession. So right. we we call it last possession, and that's been a struggle. So there is there are still some people in the league that still think we should have this other model because they they're still in this mindset of, well, that's what basketball is. And that's what makes professional sports exciting. And, and I'm like, yeah. And I don't agree with that. We're doing something different. Yes. We're doing this other different thing. I think that can be more exciting because then you're going to scrape and grab to try to get that last possession in the last three seconds of the game. So then you can finish your play. So it actually speeds up. Well, as a coach, I'm like, I'm like you, like, I'm like, yeah, what can we do to make it better? And um, we actually, interestingly, um, we did a, a two point shot in the Aurora game. We Aurora games, one of the things that I was, uh, uh, coaching at and, uh, helping, you know, develop the hockey is to change the rules. And, you know, again, I, I think that your vision to make the rules different for women's sports is spot on. And because that's, what's going to get us 
the media, you know, to support us. But I, I do want to, I want to take the media and, and roll this into something that you said earlier. I want to take that media point. I know I'm transitioning quickly, but you know, let's change. Rule changes right. are important to women. Now the media piece of this, because I think that if all of a sudden you're changing the rule to last possession instead of buzzer beater, you know, we're changing the rules for two point shot instead of, um, well, a no, you know, one point shot. Those are the things that are going to grab the media attention. Right. Mm -hmm. And, yes. and, and you, you, you touched on it earlier about how the media impacts women's sports. Okay. And, yeah. and, and I think that's the next level that we're going to have to take control of, um, the media in, in politics, you know, is, is doing crazy things, right? The media is that third arm, you know, to keep people honest, uh, you know, in politics, but now we're seeing the media actually, I think because of this age of content creation, everything it's doing us a disservice in women's sports. The media is not covering enough. So people don't know our, uh, we exist. I mean, if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, does it really make a sound? What's your yeah. take on, on the whole media mindset of, of the world now and how women's sports is being positively or negatively impacted? Well, I really appreciate people who are pointing this out and bringing attention to it. I mean, I've, I, I watch what um, Billie Jean King is doing and, and you know, she, I, I recently saw something where she was calling out the media. It was something like 10% of media coverage is on women's sports. And so, you know, and, and, you know, people like you with your organization, like we, we need to push the media because there are tons of women and young girls who are playing sports and we need to have exposure so that girls know that it's possible. I mean, you like, you, I don't know if you've seen the see us movement. Um, a group of young college athletes have put together this movement where they are promoting just it, like visibility for, for young female athletes. And I'm, I'm optimistic that I'm seeing more attention the media is lagging behind because of who's controlling the media right now. But if we continue with this pressure and continue to call them out and to generate our own content, then then they they need to catch up. I mean, at the end of the day, we should have equal coverage um, that that men's sports do because we have as many athletes, and and that's what needs to happen. And so that's one of the things for the for the poll. Like what we wanted to do is make sure that as New York Gridlock Ultimate. We have videos that we are putting our games out there that we're setting up highlight videos. You know, we're, we're on social media. We're trying to really put our stuff out there so that people can see it. And that is a really big focus um, of the league and of our team. I, I think you're spot on. Well, we're going to have to have more conversations around this coach. Um, I wish we had more time. Uh, you know, we, we kind of limit it to, pretty much 20 minutes and like this just like rocked on yeah. so i think we definitely have to have you on again um you know and and i want to give you just so many kudos to to doing something a sport that's non-traditional and for those of people who don't know our, our listeners i'm speaking with eileen murray uh who is the director of coaching for the new york gridlock uh in the uh first women's pro ultimate frisbee league in the new york area eileen uh is there any any way that people can watch or um watch you guys on your media that you just talked about or you want to plug anything uh twitter or yeah Instagram? yeah so yeah. we have all of the things um and uh so you know you should you should subscribe to our youtube channel we have all of our games full games from last year are up on our youtube channel as well as some highlight videos and a couple of documentaries we had a documentary 
film person go come out and do a documentary that um, showcased the first ever women's team from New York City called Survival. And they came to our first game and we had this big presentation. So there's a great story around that. Our next um, doc, short documentary video is going to be um, being put out in the next month. So you should go look at our YouTube channel for that. And then we're having tryouts at the end of January. So go to our website, check out our Twitter, New York Gridlock Ultimate. And if you're interested, come on out, you know, see what it's about. If you're a player, come try out. Uh, we really want to have a really big showing and we're, we're gunning for the championship this year. So, well, I, I wish you guys a ton of luck. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan now. Maybe I'm going to come out to a game. I'm down in New York every once in a while. So, uh, I'm a fan. So Eileen, uh, thank you for coming on and, uh, our, uh, for our listeners, we are at the grit live. Uh, you can follow me on, uh, Insta at digit Murphy at digit Murphy everywhere. Twitter, just look me up. I'm the only digit Murphy on the planet. I think a lot of people would say, thank God. Some people <laughs> hopefully will say good thing, but, uh, Eileen, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. All right. I'm digit Murphy for Eileen Murray. This is the grit live. See you next time. 